Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Four Persons Network. Join us at this hour of mercy for the Chaplet of Divine Mercy for the intentions of the holy souls in purgatory and to rid the world of the scourge of abortion. The intro is by Donna Corey Gibson, copied from the YouTube channel Super School. You expired, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O fount of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. 
for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity 
of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, Look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Amen. Now, friends, the saint of the day is St. John Neumann. He was born... And uh, he was born March 28, 1811. He died January 5, 1860. He was a Catholic immigrant from Bohemia. He came to the United States in 1836, where he was ordained, joined the Redemptorist Order, and became the fourth bishop of Philadelphia in 1852. In Philadelphia... St. John Neumann founded the first Catholic diocesan school system in the U.S. He was canonized by Pope Paul VI in 1977 and is the only male U.S. citizen to date to be named a saint. He will be joined, hopefully sooner rather than later, by blessed Michael J. McGivney, the founder of the Knights of Columbus. Neumann's father, Philip Neumann, King Knitter from Obernburg, M. Maine, he moved to Prashites in the Kingdom of Bohemia, then part of the Austrian Empire, now in the Czech Republic, in 1802 at age 28 with his wife, Antoni. She died in November 1804 together with the child she bore. He then married the daughter of a Czech harness maker, Agnes Lepsey, on July 17, 1805, and Neumann was the third of their six children, Catherine, Veronica, John, Joan, Louise, and Wenceslas, or Wenzel. Neumann, like I said, was born March 18, 1811. He was baptized in the village church the same day, 
He began his education in the town school when he was six and was studious and hardworking. His mother called him my little bibliomaniac for his love of books and reading. Neumann spoke German at home and at school and was only passably acquainted with his, in his childhood with Czech. At the age of 10, Neumann's parents told him they were prepared to allow him to continue his studies after grammar school, whereas most boys of that time would soon have to begin work. So Neumann entered the school in a class of 103 students, of whom less than 50 ultimately completed the six-year gymnasium course. The curriculum included Latin, mathematics, geography, history, and Christian doctrine in the first four years, and was devoted to Latin and Greek classical authors in the last two years. He was disappointed with the course's slow pace in his first years, and thought he might easily have been able to advance to the third year, but this was not allowed. In the middle of his third year, Neumann's professor was dismissed for appearing before a public gathering while intoxicated. He was replaced with a much stricter man who was resolved to make up for lost time and was very inclined to teaching by rote learning, a method that Neumann disliked. The pace now became too fast for many students, and about 20 of Neumann's classmates dropped out. But he persevered and passed the examination that year with a fair average as he had in the previous two years. His grades suffered in the fourth year while he was boarding in Budweiss with a woman whose son disturbed him in his studies. His father observing that he seemed to have lost interest in his studies, initially encouraged him to stay home and choose a trade. His mother and sister Veronica, on the other hand, pressured him into persevering in his studies. Um, His father's ideas changed upon having a professor who happened to be vacationing in Prashlites examine his son, and finding Neumann had made greater academic progress than his grades revealed. Upon moving to a new boarding house where he could enjoy greater solitude and quiet, his grades distinctly improved except in his only weak subject, mathematics. Though the professor of classics was even stricter than the second messenger, Neumann found the study of humanities very agreeable and achieved the highest grades of his career up to that time in his final term at the gymnasium. Neumann's hobbies at this time included playing the guitar making Im- and making images with a pantograph. Neumann then began two years of study in philosophy in the same building but under different instructors the Cistercian monks of Hohenfurth Abbey. The subjects taught at the Philosophical Institute included philosophy, religion, higher mathematics, the natural sciences, and Latin philology. Neumann attained a better than average in philosophy, philology, and mathematics, fully overcoming his earlier weakness in the latter. 
He excelled in botany and astronomy, forming a club with fellow students to discuss scientific subjects in their spare time. When he graduated, he was faced with becoming a doctor, a lawyer, or a priest. Because he was more interested in the sciences and secular poetry than theology and the mystics, and discouraged by the difficulty of getting into the seminary, especially with no influential friends to recommend him, he was initially inclined to study medicine, and his father was prepared to pay the tuition for medical school. His mother sensed that his real desire and calling was to be a priest, so she encouraged him to apply to the seminary, even without testimonials from influential people. Surprise, surprise, he was accepted. He entered the seminary of the Diocese of Budweiss on November 1st, 1831. His first two years studying theology were happy, stimulating days for him. Studying ecclesiastical history, biblical archaeology, and introduction to an exegesis of the Old Testament in his first year, he received the highest possible grade in every subject, including diligence and conduct. At the end of his first year, he was one of the few men in his class permitted to tonsure and minor orders. In his second year at Budweiss, Neumann studied biblical hermeneutics, philology, Greek, pedagogy, introduction to an exegesis of the New Testament, and canon law. His, grade, his grades were again very good, receiving the highest grade in every subject except in one semester when he received the second highest possible grade in pedagogy. In his spare time, he began to study French and work to improve his command of Italian, which he had started to learn during his philosophy course and also of Czech. So we're going to skip on... Um, he found the lecture. He went to see Neumann volunteered to go to America. Um, and his intention to go to America made it necessary to earn, to learn English, but there was no opportunity to do so in Budweiss. The Bishop of Budweiss had the privilege of sending two of his seminarians each year to study at the archipelagical archipelagical, uh, Episcopal Seminary, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble reading, connected with the University of Prague. In the spring of 1833, Neumann successfully petitioned the bishop to continue his study of theology there, where he hoped to learn French and, more importantly, English. There is some indication that he began to attend the university's lecture in French, but this became impossible when the state imposed new regulations in 1834, forbidding seminaries, seminarians to go out for walks except for four hours a week, two on Tuesday afternoon and two on Thursday. Nevertheless, he continued to study French independently and presented himself for the examination, managing to pass with a very high grade despite not attending all of the lectures. 
He was disappointed that the university did not offer classes in English, but studied independently from a book and by engaging in conversation with some English workmen at a nearby factory. After a year, he was capable of writing portions of his diary in English. He found the lectures in Plod to be disagreeable um, because of the Febronian views of his professors, which he regarded as heterodox. The lector in dogmatic theology, James Ziedler, denied papal infallibility, which Neumann supported in a treatise he sent on the question to an inquiring friend in Budweiss. Though there is no evidence Neumann openly opposed, opposed Ziedler in class. Um, so anyway, he went to America. I'm going to speed this up a little bit. He went to America um, and was ordained to the priesthood in Philadelphia. Um, he, had, he expected to be ordained by Bishop Ernest Ruzicka at the end of his academic year in 1835, but on June 10th, Ruzicka became seriously ill. Um, so he was ordained in America. Um, and he came here to be a missionary. Um, let's see. So anyway, the passengers came within sight of land on May 28, 1836, which was the eve of Trinity Sunday. The ship remained outside New York Harbor for another three days waiting for bad weather to abate and for some sick people aboard to recover lest quarantine officials require the captain to transport them back to Europe. Neumann was anxious to get ashore, get ashore and was refused permission to disembark by the captain six times before he finally left off in a rowboat on which he went to Staten Island. Several hours later, he took the small steamer Hercules to lower Manhattan. An hour before noon on the Feast of Corpus Christi, Neumann stepped ashore with one tattered suit of clothes and one dollar in his pocket. He immediately sought out a Catholic church, and the Swiss innkeeper directed him to one where the pastor, Joseph Schneller, gave him the address of Bishop Dubois, and John Rathbainer, the vicar general of the Germans in New York, to whom Neumann went straight away. He was glad to learn that a note had been sent to Canon Reese three weeks before saying he had been accepted as a priest for the Diocese of New York. So together they went to the home of Bishop Dubois, who was urgently in need of German pastors. Dubois greeted Neumann, and having sufficient guarantees of Neumann's education in Europe, told him to immediately prepare for ordination. Neumann asked for some time to immediate preparation, which the bishop granted as he was set to leave for a visitation. When Neumann told the bishop that he had no dismissional letters, 
Dubois swept that difficulty aside, saying, I can and must ordain you quickly, for I need you. Dubois called Neumann for ordination 17 days after his arrival, ordaining him at St. Patrick's Old Cathedral, which is now a basilica, in the subdiaconate on June 19th. The diaconate on Friday, June 24th, and the priesthood on June 25th. Neumann celebrated his first Mass the next morning, Sunday, June 25th, at St. Nicholas. So he served for many years as a diocesan priest in New York. Um, And eventually he was selected to be the Bishop of Philadelphia. And he actually joined the Redemptorist Order and went through the novitiate there. Um, He became the superior of the Redemptorist Order. While he was Bishop of Philadelphia, he started uh, the first parochial school system in the the United States. Um, Philadelphia had a large and expanding Catholic immigrant population, Germans who fled the Napoleonic and other continental wars had been followed by Irish fleeing the Great Potato Famine caused by potato blight and wars. Soon Italians and other Southern and Eastern European Catholics would arrive. Um, Neumann was particularly committed to providing educational support opportunities to immigrant children. He became the first bishop, as I said, to organize the diocesan school system. In 1854, he traveled to Rome and was present at St. Peter's on December 8th when Pius IX solemnly defined ex cathedra, the dogma of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. While doing errands on Thursday, January 5th, 1860, Neumann collapsed and died on a Philadelphia street. He was 48 years old. He was buried, per his request, at St. Peter's Church beneath the undercroft floor directly below the high altar. Bishop James Frederick Wood, a Philadelphia native who converted to Catholicism in Cincinnati in 1836 and who had been appointed Neumann's Coadjutor with right of succession in 1857 succeeded Neumann as Bishop of Philadelphia. The cause for Neumann's beatification was formally opened on December 15, 1896, granting him the title of Servant of God. He was declared venerable by Pope Benedict V on December 11, 1921. He was beatified by Pope Paul VI during the Second Vatican Council and was canonized by Pope Paul VI on June 19, 1977, and I remember his canonization. His feast day is January 5th, the date of his death, on the Roman calendar for the Church of the United States and on June 19th in the Czech Republic. After his canonization, the National Shrine of St. John Neumann was constructed at the parish of St. Peter the Apostle at 5th Street and Grand Avenue in Philadelphia. The remains of John Neumann 
rest under the altar of the shrine within a glass-walled reliquary. And I've seen a picture of it. Um, He's wearing his bishop's mitre and dressed in uh, mass robes. In 2011, the Redemptor's Fathers celebrated the 200th anniversary of the birth of Neumann. The closing mass for the Neumann year was held on 2012 in Philadelphia. St. John Neumann, pray for us. And now we're going to do the daily update. And the daily update is that tomorrow, William Hemsworth, We'll be talking about the prosperity gospel at noon Eastern on burnt toast and coffee. Coincidentally, as we like to call him, Sir William of Hemsworth has a show now in the top five, and that gives us our third top five program. Um, I'm hoping to see him make it to number one. He deserves it. He's a great apologist and a great man. Um, he's also worked very hard to get us on Spotify and Amazon and iTunes and on every streaming service out there. So he, we're, we're really proud of Sir William of Hemsworth. On Saturday evening, Lisa Marie, and she's doing it on YouTube. And uh, her guest is going to be Mike Aquilino, who is a big-time Catholic record producer. And then uh, on Monday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern, Luke Haskell is going to start the Gospel of John. And we're out of time now, but for those listening live, just go to the streaming and we can pray the three Hail Mary Novena together. And I apologize for taking so long to talk about St. John Neumann, but we just we know so much about him. He's, he's not like a saint from the third century who all we have is legend written in the 10th century or the 11th century. Um, so that... Does that takes care of that? Now let's go to the three Hail Mary Novena. O Immaculate Mary, Virgin Most Powerful, we beseech you through that immense power which you have received from the Eternal Father, obtain for us purity of heart, strength to overcome all the enemies of our souls, and the special favor we implore in our present necessity. Mother most pure, forsake us not, despise not our prayer. Graciously hear us for God's glory, your honor, and the welfare of our souls. To obtain this favor, we honor your power by reciting, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. O Virgin Mary, our Mother, through that ineffable wisdom bestowed upon you by the incarnate Word of God, we humbly beseech you, obtain for us meekness and humility of heart, a perfect knowledge of the divine will, 
and the strength to accomplish it always. O Mary, seat of wisdom, as a tender mother, lead us in the path of Christian virtue and perfection. Enlighten and enable us to do what is most pleasing to your beloved Son and obtain our petition. To obtain this grace, we honor your wisdom by reciting, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. O Mother of mercy, Mother of penitent sinners, we stand before you, sinful and sorrowful, beseeching you through the immense love given to you by the Holy Spirit for us poor sinners. Obtain for us true and perfect contrition for our sins, which we hate and detest with all of our hearts because we love God. Mother most merciful, help us in our present necessity. Turn then those eyes of mercy towards us, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. To obtain this precious gift, we honor your loving mercy by reciting, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of the recently born Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. So friends, I want to leave you with a joke today. And that joke is, did you know that there's a street between cradle Catholics and converts? Cradle Catholics say amongst, A-M-O-N-G-S-T. Converts say among, forget the street. I want to thank you for joining me today. And my name is Richard Pettis, and I want to wish all of you a happy rest of your day and a happy day tomorrow until I see you at 3.30 Eastern, right back here on the same channel. And uh, we love you all, and we appreciate you for listening. And I want you to visit my friends, Tony and Paulette Rock, companyshop.com. That's the rockcompanyshop.com. They are in Bethlehem. We've interviewed them a couple of times, and they do great, beautiful, beautiful work. They have rosaries made from olive wood. They have manger scenes made from nativity sets made from uh, olive wood. They have all sorts of Holy Land gifts. So visit them at therockcompanyshop.com. And uh, I want to bless you all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Graduate with a high school diploma and industry certifications. Tucson Unified's Innovation Tech High School offers students day and evening classes, providing hands-on learning with drone aviation, robotics, engineering, culinary, healthcare, cybersecurity, 3D animation. And next year, Innovation Tech will be expanding with more amazing opportunities. Schedule a tour today at our state-of-the-art campus located off Park Avenue and I-10. See why Innovation Tech is your key to a successful future. Call 520-372-8700. 
At Fry's, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've shortened the time from harvest to home for our tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So no matter how you shop, you have more time with your fresh produce. Fry's, fresh for everyone. We've locked in low prices to help you save big store-wide. Look for the locked in low prices tags and enjoy extra savings throughout the store. Fry's, fresh for everyone.